This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. In today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I am joined by the UK's number one motivational business speaker. Now, this man left school with no qualifications and spent years on benefits before completely turning his life around by starting his own business. He now runs over 5,000 business networking events per year with his company for networking. He's entertaining and funny and quite down to earth, so I think you're going to enjoy this episode. I'd like to introduce you now to Brad Burton. So welcome, Brad, to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I'm excited for us to have a chat today about how quickly you've had to change direction with your business as a result of lockdown and everything that's going on. So I mentioned in the intro that you are host to Foreign Networking, which Mm. is predominantly has always been in in person. So tell us a little bit about what you've had to do to bring that up to speed recently. So my business started in 2006 and we now run over... 5,000 real-life business networking events across the UK each and every year, or we did prior to COVID landing. And we've had to change. We've had to change. We've had to evolve. And now we've brought it online, 4nonline.biz. We now run, where are we up to? Probably up to a run rate of 1,200 meetings a year right now from a standing start, online meetings. And and it uses the same format that we've always used uh, on the networking front. But we've had to adapt. And, And this is the thing, so many of us, with this situation, I need to adapt. See, six weeks ago, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, I went to uh, to buy some vegetables. Went to buy some vegetables from the farm shop. And as I was getting served, the lady behind the counter coughed. <laughs> and that was enough for me to go, okay, flag on play. As I'm driving back, I rang my wife and said, listen, do me a favor, clear the island, posh, clear the island, going to put all the other veg on there. I need you to, to wash it. So as she washed the veg, I took all my clothes off in the kitchen and put them into the washing machine. Uh, It goes upstairs and has a shower immediately. Now, if I would have done that six weeks ago, prior to this, everyone would have gone, you're absolutely crackers, Brad. Mm -hmm. Doing it now is normal. Now, here's the thing. If you're still using your, if you're still behaving or, or managing your business like you did six weeks ago, you're going to end up in a loser's column because the world has changed and so many people are trying to hang on to the past. So yeah. many people are trying to hang on to the way it once was, as if somehow that's coming back. It isn't. No. And this is why I created this for networking online where it changed everything. It changed everything for me because a multi-million pound business, 14-year-old business, collapsed. It would have been gone. That would have been it. Infinito, gone, over. And, and we had to adapt. And that's what we've done. We've, we, you know, Fortunately, uh, we've managed to pretty much get ourselves back to out of ICU, effectively, business ICU, and do something fresh and something innovative. And we're for networking differs from every, any, every other business network is, you know, it's a bit like having a laptop computer. If it's not connected to the internet, it's not that powerful. And that's what we've done with for networking. You don't, you didn't join one group, you joined the entire network. So you could go from Cornwall, Manchester, London, same situation now with Foreign Online, you can network around the world using this online stuff, which is just fascinating. I've actually been to some foreign networking groups mm-hmm. and what I liked about it was that there was a very clear structure in how yeah. you how you were greeted when you came into the room. There were lots of people in charge. They had different roles and it was all very clear who was doing what. Mm-hmm. And what I liked was that there was a really open possibility to get up and speak and not just that yeah. the, your local networking, but to, to become part of that sure. wider network. 
Before we started recording, Brad, you said that you have built this incredible speaker business with no formal speaker training, mostly through being able to get up in front of other people and hone your craft, hone your pitch. So tell us a little bit about that journey from where you started to the the empire that you have now. Sure. So when I started out, nobody gave me a chance. Nobody gave me a chance. I started my business, £25,000 in debt, no income, walked out of a job. A wife that wanted me to go and get a proper job. You know, I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. I was making up. Same goes for my speaking career. You know, with the networking events, I'd go to a full networking event and I'd do what's called a foresight, an insight, not a sales pitch, and you've got to make it entertaining. So I was doing that, uh, 10 or 15 minute speeches at full networking. Then all of a sudden, somebody goes, Oh, Brad, you're so inspirational, you're so motivational. And I'm like, Thanks. And then you get it again and again and again. And then all of a sudden, somebody would say, oh, there's a local business show and the speaker's dropped out. Can you do it, Brad, tomorrow? And you go, yeah, okay. And the next thing, you know, I'm speaking in front of an audience of 80 chairs, of which is 23 people there. And, and now you kind of get a taste for it. And now you think, okay. And that's how I built my speaking career up. And now at the highest level in the UK, JTB, Costa, Bentley, uh, Zero, the business show, the NHS, the list really does go on at the highest level. I'm getting booked now. For those people that can't see me, um, I am from Manchester. I do have a shaved head, I do have tattoos, and I do, you know, but don't worry, I'm not a drug dealer anymore. But we can all change. And this is the thing every step of the way, I was told that I could never be a motivational speaker, that I would never make it as a motivational speaker because my, my voice wasn't right or, you know, I needed to wear a three piece suit and a pocket watch. And actually, all those people that give me the advice, I've kind of surpassed them, right? And this isn't about them, this is about me doing it my way. So fundamentally, I wear jeans, trainers, and T-shirts. And you can see, you can see on, on the background here, it, you know, you speak in front of 3,000 accountants and this, that, and the other. And this is my personal brand. And there's two things going on here. One is that, you know, I like wearing jeans, trainers, and T-shirts. And the reality is I can't be asked with formality and, and professional, you know, that formal dress wear and business wear. You don't need it. So I've set myself out uh, as a field of one in the motivational speaker space. It looked a little bit edgy, but the reality is I just can't be asked going to get my suits out of the dry cleaners. But the reality is, is that I've managed to create myself a niche and I refer to myself as the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And I did that on purpose. I did that knowing full well that what that would do is get people talking about me and people would either talk about me negatively, this guy, who does this guy think he's what a prick he is, right? Absolutely. Or, you know, people would say, oh, I've never heard of him. What? And they'd go and seek me out. Now, here's the reality of it. Is I said to you, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. Which box am I referring to? Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, right? And the reason that we refer to Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, 40, 50 years on, is because he referred to himself as the greatest. Do you honestly think we'd be going, fucking hell, I'll tell you what, that Muhammad Ali was the greatest, even though he got knocked out five times? No. So so this is the reality, is that the first person you've got to convince of your brilliance is you. And people get that one wrong. So me calling myself the UK's number one motivational business speaker, in in eight years, I've never had the uh, Advertising Standards Authority on there. In eight years, I've never had the police come and keep me back doors in and arrest me if I'm police. So what was the downside? The downside was people that don't like me are going to say, well, he's not. And that's great. So what was really interesting is that I created this personal brand out of nothing. Nobody can tell me how to run my life. Nobody can tell me how to be a speaker. Nobody can tell me. I do it my way. I've had no formal training. But what I do know is it works because clients include Costa Coffee, Bentley, JCB, Screwfix, NHS Zero. You know, you wouldn't be getting booked to that level. No. If, 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 if delivering. If, yeah, absolutely. If it wasn't delivering. And also, if the reality was, is it was a bluffer. It would only get you so far. And I think that's the thing about, as a speaker, is that 
initially when you first start off, I mean, I've, I've died in front of audiences. Let me be quite clear. I've died in front of audiences. And this is a bit that nobody kind of talks about. But I remember going back five years ago, I was speaking at an event and uh, it was, it was for a, a staffers event, it was. And these guys did the website for Tesco and stuff. And I was due to be speaking at four o'clock. I was relatively wet behind the ears, six years ago, it was actually. And, um, and I remember going to the loo at about two o'clock. I was speaking at four on a Friday. It was over in Cambridge. And um, I remember going to Lou. And in the United Nationals, there was two guys, and there was a space in the middle, wet in the middle. And these two guys were saying, this is supposed to be motivational. What a load of shit. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be an interesting one. And I'm so, up soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. So, and then this is like, nerves got older me. I said, hey, guys, if you think it's not motivational, wait till later. I mean, I'm not going to straight out of David Brent playbook. And um, I go to speak at four o'clock. And prior to me speaking, the sales director came on wearing uh, the movie shorts and a, and a Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses because the future was so bright. And, and everyone's laughing at him. I'm looking at the audience. Everyone's laughing at him. The staff didn't like him. They didn't want to be there, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I goes on. And I'm doing 45 minutes. And then 25 minutes in, I'm dry. I've got nothing. I've done everything that I can. I've cracked all my jokes. I've got nothing. But prior to that, when I was going to get in, uh, invited up, the managing director said, um, looking for a card. Oh, I can't find the introduction. It's just some fat bloke from Manchester. And I walked on. And like, you know, I had 45 minutes this and 25 minutes in, I've got nothing. And I, I, I'm pausing. I'm, I'm going, this is not working. And I pauses and looked at the audience and says, I think this is fair to say this isn't going as I'd like it to. I said, I should be the UK's number one demotivational speaker. A bit of a laugh. I said, look, let me explain something. As a speaker, you're always going to find the positive. As a motivational speaker, you find the positive in everything. And I said, I've, I've, I've learned something. And this is what I want you to write down experience is what you win when you lose. Think about that. Experience mm-hmm. is what you win when you lose. And you don't want to know what I've learned today. And he says, go on. I said, never do a fucking job in Norfolk. And I walked off. I got a big round of applause and a laugh. And that was it. But, you know, the reality is with this thing is that you've got to push yourself. You've got to push yourself out of your comfort zone. It's never comfortable being a speaker. Not at first. And most normal people wouldn't do it again. Most normal people would die and say, you know what? I'm never doing that again. Every crowd you get is different. And I think that's that's the nature and actually the beauty of speaking. I come from an acting background, come from a lot of theatre. And now when I talk, when I get up on stage, I am very aware that you are, you've got to know your material, you've got to know your stuff, you've got to know you're good at what you do. Sure. But you've also got to be bouncing off what the crowd is giving you. And a lot of those those things are non-verbal, aren't they? No, and if you sure, let yourself sure. get overly distracted by the people who are disengaged, and that can mm-hmm. really throw you. So I think that's a very brave step that you took to decide this this audience isn't going to work for me. No, so no, I can deliver was, my content so, and it not land. No, or I can do something there. strong. Well, listen, I had no nowhere to go with that. I'd done. Now, but what was great about that is I always ask when I come off stage, what did I like best? What did I do next time differently? Mm-hmm. And I've spoken over 2,500 times professionally in the last 10 mm-hmm. years or whatever it is. So you learn massively. I've only ever died, 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 maybe five times. But, you know, I call it commando rolling. Is it you kind of just want to commando roll out of there? I remember seeing some photographs of me when I died and my ears were red. Like red, like heat sinks, embarrassed. But that's that's it, and it's that ability to go. Okay, what did I learn from this? How can I move on? But you know, the career that I've got as a as a speaker, and obviously that's dried up with everything that's going on. But I, I, if I'd never achieved anything further from this point onwards, you know, I kind of tick that box of of, of doing it at the highest level in the UK. Uh, and, and actually, it's been a wonderful, given that I'm just a working class lad, no qualifications, been addicted to drugs twice, got four years on benefits. Delivered pizzas at 31 and got shot at when I was 21. You know, this isn't your archetypal um, route to 
being a speaker. Far from it. And also, it's not you know, I can have a route to being an entrepreneur. But but what I've what I've done is I've looked at my life and said, okay, from all these things that I've, I've overcome or dealt with in my life, what does this make possible? And that's a question that I ask people to ask right now when the shit's in the fan with everything that's going on at the moment. Ask that question: What does this make possible? And for me, it made possible to get a blank piece of paper with my business and say, okay, how would I design my business now? How would I design my life now? And whenever it gets tough, and it will get tough, is I want you to ask this question or say this to yourself. This is not how my story ends. Mm. This is not how this story ends. And by doing that with three epaulets at the end of it, you can go, okay, what do we need to do now? And it just gives you that strength to go on. Because I'll tell you, I mean, certainly not in the recent, with this whole debacle, it's not it's not leveled now. But I had a nervous breakdown eight years ago. And the great thing about a nervous breakdown is you get to rebuild yourself differently. And it kind of prepared me for this because if it wasn't for the nervous breakdown eight years ago, I'd be having one now. <laughs> so, 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 so. so what was your biggest takeaway then eight mm. years ago? And were you already speaking? Were you already in the motivational field when that happened for you? Or did that force you? No, no, I, I was loosely in the motivational speaker's fields, loosely. But what's happened as a result of it is I've, I've evaluated and evolved. And my message lands like, it's just it's just universal because my story is everyone's story. And what I mean by that is when I talk about the drugs or I talk about getting shot at, I talk about depression or this, that and the other. Everyone's got a story. The difference is I'm daft enough to share it. Right. And actually, you know, if you just looked at me online, all you'd see is Brad Burton, the, the author of four books and the motivational speaker and the founder of Four Network and all these, you know, all this stuff that we put our best foot forward. But the reality is, is there's another side of my life, which actually people don't know about. And the only reason they know about it is because they share it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's got a side of their life. And when my life started turning around was at the point when I said, you know what? bollocks i don't care if people don't like me or people don't appreciate my honesty about what lives you know when i when i started my business off i was literally delivering pizzas i was going to the coin star machine and putting on my twos and ones in it at summerfield because i had no money and people don't nobody shares this the reality of what it's like to, to run a business because people are embarrassed and actually what I'm, I'm not embarrassed about anything i know that what i'm doing is making a positive difference by being so honest it's allowing other people to be honest why is it important to you to make that difference Great question. So if you look there, my book called Now What, which is the latest one, I, um, I, I've got every material thing that I could possibly wish for in my life, like everything, right? And uh, you know, the only time it's now what I could do is go and get some gold taps. I don't want gold taps. But you see, I've got everything sensible that I want, right? House, car, da 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 da, da. My motivation, I wrote that book, Now What, because I'd reached that point in my life where I'd got everything that I'd kind of what, what normal people would say, this is, you know, you've reached the top of your game. Um, and actually ask that question, now what? Because we believe, and this is why, you know, people believe that success is about making money. Success is about having offices. Success is about getting out of getting out of a helicopter and then going playing tennis with Richard Branson. And actually, you know what success is? Success is about being happy, being happy, being content with what you've got. Right, so many people are chasing that. My life's gonna be good when you get a forty-inch television. Then it's a sixty-inch. Then it's an eighty-inch. Then it's a hundred-inch. Now you want a forty-foot cinema. Where does it end? And this is what people do. They spend. You know, I'm not saying that money can't buy you happiness, but it helps. But what I will say is that the pursuit of endless wealth and and, and, and money that causes your unhappiness. That's why people who are mega rich commit suicide mm. because you get to this emptiness in your life. So my motivation right now, with with this honesty, and actually what it's about is to make a positive difference. I don't need to make any more money. I don't need to make any so more money. So who is it you most want to touch then with that message? 
people who like me who who have been told they never amount to anything. You know, I am a working class lad from Salford, Manchester, no qualifications, dad left when I was six months old, addicted to drugs twice, four years on benefits, got shot at when I was 21, delivered pizza at 31. You know, it's hardly the CV for someone who, who can be an entrepreneur and success, but this is the thing. What's, nothing's changed in my ingredients. I'm still a little bit warm, still a little bit away, but what's changed is my recipe. And we can all change. And once you realize that a guy with no qualifications can write four best-selling books, he can start a multi-million pound business from nothing, £25,000 in personal debt, on daft cars and televisions you know or own, that he can become a motivational speaker and speak at the highest level in the UK, then that anyone could be anything you want. But what we need to stop doing is stop comparing ourselves to other people, stop looking at Richard Branson, Anthony Robbins, Grant Cardone, and start comparing our lives to us. How can we be a better version tomorrow than we was today? Yeah, there's a lot you said there that I agree with. So knowing that you have achieved financially the things you wanted to achieve, and yet we've had this recent instability where your business could have gone down the tube if you'd let it. Yeah, right, yeah. What do you think the lesson is for you in that? I think the lesson is is with everyone here is be prepared to change. Now, change isn't easy, right? But let me explain something. I'm going to share something with you that Bentley Global uh, use. This is their, their process of making decisions. And the reason that Bentley Global use it is because I taught it them, me, Brad Burton, the former drug addict, Brad Burton, the four years and Bentley, Brad Burton, blah, 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 this goes on. When it comes to making decisions, your success or failure in your life and in your business is going to be defined by your ability to make decisions. Want more success? Make better decisions. And the reason people don't make better decisions is they're scared that they're the wrong ones, right? If you knew 100% that every single decision that you made was the right one, you'd make more decisions, right? Yes. So think about it. Where you end up in your life, either here or here, is a direct result of, of thousands of decisions. And psychologists today turned around and says that the, we take, we, we make, I'm going to ask you a question. How many questions, how many decisions do you reckon you make a day? We take about 60,000 thoughts per day. So, best guess, best guess. I don't know, 30, 30,000? 30, Bang on, on the nose, to the minute. Right? Look at You're that. 30,000. How many people? 30,000. 30,000 decisions. That'd be the first one ever. 30, well, that's because decisions. I was thinking, I know there's 60,000 thoughts yeah, yeah. in a day. How many of those yeah, are yeah, actually yeah, decisions? Yeah. So, there right. we so, so 30,000 decisions. That's what we make a day. And, you know, how many people are conscious of every single one of those decisions, right? Whether it should, you should have a, you should have a Jaffa cake or you should eat three or you should have two sugars instead of one sugar or whatever. These small micro decisions. Now imagine if you could program yourself to make every single one of those 30,000 decisions better, mm. right? We'd be like, everything would be better. Now here's what I've managed to do. I've done this with my life because when it comes to making decisions, the reason we don't make them is we're scared of the wrong ones. Well, let me explain something. So an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when it comes to public speaking, I've made them all. Mm. So I've had to make them all. But what happened is most people would die in front of 200 people and say, I'm never doing that again. Right. Whereas I've gone, okay, what did I learn from that? Right. Bosh. So you know next time to make sure they've got the intro. If they've not got the intro, you crack a joke. So that Norfolk one is I learned something from that. When it's when you've lost your way, right? I can then go to say, look, you know what? I've lost my way. And in life and in business, sometimes we can lose our way. And we end up on stage when people are looking at us and we don't have an answer. You've, and it starts, so you know a fallback position. But going back to the point I made, your success or failure in your life is going to be defined by your ability to make decisions. Where you are right now in your life, your relationships, whatever, is a direct result of your decisions. You can blame being locked to the coal shed when you're six years old by your dad, but actually it's down to you. Boris Johnson, Trump, it's not down to them, it's down to you. So the reason we don't make decisions is we're scared of the wrong ones. So here's the thing. Here's what I do. I make decisions. I'll tell you about that Bentley thing in a second. If I make a decision and it's the wrong one, it moves me one step towards being an expert. 
If I made the right one, it moves me one step towards success. You can't lose. So here's what I do. Is I, this is my whole mandate. Make better decisions faster. This is what I stand for. Better decisions are bad. Now what? Better decisions faster. So when it comes to making decisions, I will make a decision in 24 seconds. If I can't make a decision in 24 seconds, I'll then revisit it in 24 minutes. If after 24 minutes, I can't make a decision, I revisit it in 24 hours. If after 24 hours, I can't make a decision, I've just made a decision. It isn't fucking important. Next. That is how I go. I will never let a decision go over 24 hours. So <laughs> I'm moving forward. So this whole COVID thing with my business, like, you know, it stopped and I knew the lockdown was coming. I was panic buying well before anyone even started panic buying. I was like eight weeks out. I played enough computer games in my life to know where this was going, right? So I was, trust me, I was uh, sitting pretty me going month, weeks before anyone else started panic buying. So that 24 seconds, I made the decision to change my business in 24 seconds. And that allows you then to take firm action because you've Correct. made the decision. It's behind you. You can then go full steam ahead. Correct. And ask yourself a question. What does this make possible? What it makes possible? And I'm about to show you something right now. Right, it's a top secret, but I'll show you anyway. Right? I'm going to turn this back around so you can see it. So I'm about to show you something. This is what it makes possible. I got myself a blank piece of paper and I wrote 25th of the 3rd, BB, the future of business networking. I got a blank piece of paper and I said, what does my business look like now? If I had a blank piece of paper, start again, what would it look like? And that's what I've done. And, and anyone, people, so, anyone can do that for their life at any point. Any point. Yeah, but, but, but what ends up happening is people are scared of making change. So if, if I didn't make change, let, okay, let me, let me share this with you. So my computer that I use now is a laptop and it's got Windows 10 on it. I would not use a computer with Windows 95 on it. Would you? I'm a Mac user, so I wouldn't. Okay, all right, but you see the but point. But I get okay. the point. <laughs> all right, so you wouldn't, you, wouldn't use a, you wouldn't use an OS from ten years ago. You wouldn't use an OS from ten years ago. No. Why? Because it's it's open, it's flawed, it's not a, a speeder. Guess what? The same goes for your brain. Think about your brain like a hard drive. Think about your way you look at the world like an operating system. So many people, nobody used Windows ninety five unless they're like Minesweeper, but nobody used Windows ninety five. And yet, I can guarantee that people who are listening to this right now will have Windows ninety five thinking there'd be stuff going on from 1995 never trust a man who wears a velvet jacket you know never trust a man who, who wears slip-on shoes just shit from 1995 that you've not managed to get rid of so i've updated my operating system i've updated my operating system because the brand that you're talking to now if i would go back 20 years ago i couldn't have started a business up i couldn't have run a business i couldn't have been a speaker because i had this different way of looking at the world mm. so once you start upgrading your operating system once you start upgrading your operating system which is in your brain that's when you start seeing more positive results. And too many people... Sorry. What was the pivotal moment for you then back 20 years ago? If you look at you 20 years ago, before mm. all of this happened, what so, happened? What changed? So uh, let me take, go back 15 years, and that would be more suitable, I think, is that they are my tattoos of my children. My boy came along, and all of a sudden, it was no longer about me. So, so actually, if it was left to me, I'd be sat in there smoking bongs all weekend. Lovely, right? Everything was in the short term. Work a shit job, pissed off go out clubbing Friday, Saturday, work a shit job. And so it continues. And actually, I lived everything in the short term. So everything is in the short term. And what I did, it confused fun with happy. Mm -hmm. So we end up doing fun. Fun is going out and getting shit-faced. Fun is doing drugs, smoking, drinking, partying. Happy is when you don't need to do any of that stuff. And this is what... So, And the reason that people do fun is because they can't see the happy. They don't believe that happy is for them. And people are saying, go, oh, my life's going to be good when I get the 14-inch television, 16-inch, 18-inch. Success and happiness is always around the next corner when I get married, when I have the baby, when we get the house, when I get the new job, when I get promotion. And you get the job when you promotion. And guess what? You're not happy still. No. It's around the next corner, the next corner, the next corner. 
Yeah, you're exactly. constantly is, on that treadmill of going after right, the next right, thing, no right, level right. of satisfaction. Correct, correct. And this is why I've said bollocks to that, right? And actually, you know, Grant Cardone's straddling a frigging $50 million jet as if somehow that's that's to be coveted. And actually, you look at his, his you know, what he does a day, he has 30 minutes with his children. Well, that's great, Grant. Look forward the way to that. I want to live my life. Absolutely. And, but this is the thing, if you want to live your life like that, Grant, crack on. And this is what people need to understand. I want to live a life where I can have tattoos, look like a drug dealer and speak on stage. Now, nobody can tell me I can't do that because I can do that. Nobody can. When I first started that book there, Get Off Your Ass, I was talking about literature. You can't call a book Get Off Your Ass. You won't get it published and you won't get it in Waterstones. Well, guess what? I've got it published and got it in Waterstones. People said to me, Brad, you can't start a phone for networking, 50% social, 50% business. Oh, it needs to be 80% business. Bullshit. I've done it. And actually look at the social bit now, right now, more than ever before is more important than ever before. Brad, you can't be a motivational speaker. Why not? You've got a shaved head. You need to have a hair. You need to have a three-piece suit. You need to be an orator. Bullshit. So this is the thing. I've been allowed for so many years, allowed people to tell me what I could and couldn't be. And I ended up being nothing. I ended up achieving nothing because I allowed the world through osmosis for me to surround myself with people. And I was just a, the, the, the thick northerner in the office with a cheap suit on, trying to put a posh voice on. Do you think there was a part of you that always felt you were capable of more? Yeah, but my focus, you get what you focus on. I was very good at chatting up women when I was 20 years old. Do you, do you know, that's, that's the reality of it. You know, that's what I was good at, whatever that, it's not really a good life skill, is it? But that's what I was good at. And actually, I've always been a communicator, but I didn't realise as a communicator. And if you're, in a, you're a communicator in Salford, Manchester, working class, the only kind of role models you've got are drug dealers. Mm-hmm. The only kind of way forward that you've got is by being the man in the nightclub. So I've always been able to do that. I never used to, I, I never uh, paid to go in nightclubs, right? And I look back and I can't even understand how I managed to do that. But I never paid. I didn't have to. People let me in. And I think to myself, I think, what was going on there? Why was it at 2021 and 22? That by, by default, I would never have to queue. Is it my face? I have no idea. And I, cannot, I genuinely am trying to reconcile what was going on there. But I was always very good at opening doors. I was always very good at making stuff happen when seemingly impossible, albeit in a lower level. And actually what I've done is I've applied myself right now mm. so that my message is no longer about chatting up women. <laughs> Right, the message is about delivery. Well, that could be a very message. good business, to be honest, couldn't it? <laughs> so, so for someone, not married, it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. So, for someone then who is not in a great place right now, and right. there's lots of people not in a great place right now. Of course, maybe not dealing with lockdown well, or this is just a wake up call financially, yes. or in terms of everything. What would your advice be to them? Okay, so two things, several things here. First and foremost, for me to be in my position right now, let me be quite clear. So I've got everything here, but honestly, if I'd not moved, I would be in trouble. So let me be quite clear. From a financial perspective, I would be in trouble, right? So, but what I understand is I've come from fuck all anyway. I've lived on Tesco's beans and waffles. I've been on the dole. So actually, if I needed to go back there again, so what? So three questions that I'm going to ask your audience right now. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, I just want you to listen to these words. Let these words ring through your head. Number one, are you going to starve to death? No. Number two, are you going to lose your house property or your rental property? No. Might you get a snotty letter from a landlord or, the, or, or the, you know, the mortgage company? Yes. It's a fucking snotty letter. You ain't losing your house just because you've got a letter, right? Mm. Number three, are you going to die? No. If you behave yourself and you keep on the lockdown and you keep yourself safe and your family safe, like washing and staying away, you're not going to die. So one, are you going to starve to death? No. Two, are you going to lose your house? No. Three, are you going to die? No. 
But let me explain something. If you're feeling sorry for yourself right now, there'll be someone in an ICU ward right now on a ventilator who would quite happily swap your situation. So you do yourself a favor and don't you dare, don't you dare, you owe it to those people right now who are not as fortunate as you or I to be listening to this or to have a garden or to be able to walk the dog or whatever. You owe it to them. We owe it to the country. So stop feeling sorry for ourselves. We as a collective, have to start rising up and start getting our strength and internal strength back. And actually, if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your family. Do it for those you love. And that's what it is about me because if you left to me, I'd be on the bones. However, it's not about me. What do I say? I've got to do it for my family. And that is why when it comes four weeks ago when the shit hit the fan, I went, right, Brad, to get this, this is a war zone. What do you need to do to get through this? And I'll say the same to you. What do you need to do to get through this? Find a way. Find a way. Find a way. And I think that's great advice for anyone, whether you're struggling financially at the moment, whether you don't know what you want to happen for your business, whether you want to even stay in business, whatever mm-hmm. it is you want to build, find that way to make it happen. Because as soon as you start thinking with that kind of mindset, with absolute determination that you will find a way through, it might not be the direct path you hoped no, for, no, might not correct. be easy, but nothing ever is easy. It's how yeah. you navigate those challenges. And that's what we're in right now. So I think great advice. So thank you. Know- you for coming on and sharing your thoughts mm. with us today. For anyone who wants to find out more about you, I know you have a podcast as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And it's on my BradBurton.biz website, you'll find it on there. Great. But also a YouTube channel. I've actually started a YouTube channel. It's got a YouTube funny. channel. And it's yeah, yeah. 4N, 4N Online Network. Online.biz. No, 4Nonline.biz. I'd really love you to check it out. It's literally a five pound. Come along to it as a visitor. Just check out what we're doing. It is genuinely revolutionary. I was skeptical. Even I was skeptical. I thought, oh gosh, this ain't going to work. And it has. Like, on the contrary, it's like, I'm questioning why we didn't do this before. And I think that's what this life that you've got right now, you know, we're going to look back in this in 10 years' time. I'm going to be through it and go, gosh, you remember that? This time, we're never going to get back. Can I just share one more thing? My mom, of course. My mom, she's 75, and I spoke to her the other day. Anyone else got a 75-year-old that you can't keep in? Just nip into the shops for a copy of Bella. <laughs> nip into the shops for a chicken breast. Mom, stay in. Anyway, so this is a completely different podcast. But anyway, as she said to me the other day, she went, you know, we've taken for granted the fact that I can go to Costa. We've taken for granted the fact that I could just go nip to the shops. I've taken for granted that I could just... And I said, Mom, understand this. You were taking today for granted the fact that you can speak to me on FaceTime, the fact that you can sit in your garden... And I just I want everyone to listen to, to learn those words or to learn that situation and go, you know what? Don't take today for granted. We look back wistfully about the things that we've no longer we can do. Well, guess what? There'll be someone looking back wistfully about what you're doing, thinking that I wish they could. So don't take anything for granted. And actually, you know, your success or failure from this moment forward, your life is one decision away from a completely different future. When this is all over and it will be over, is that there'll be two columns, one with losers, one with winners. And actually, if you want to be a winner on that winner's column, then you need to make the decisions right now and don't allow those decisions to be made for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that today, Brad. I think that's a great place for us to leave today. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.